Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, invites you to be the informed patient with the podcast that features experts from Central New York's only academic medical center. I'm your host, Amber Smith. A microbiologist immunologist from Upstate recently was awarded a $2 million federal grant from the National Institute of General Medical Sciences to study the microbiome. Dr. Joel Wilmore is here to tell about his research of the microbiome. Welcome to The Informed Patient, Dr. Wilmore. Thanks. I'd like to have you describe for us what exactly is the microbiome. So the microbiome is is basically, um, when you think of, well, so starting when you think about a biome, when I think of biome, I think of like a forest. It's the trees, it's it's the animals that make up that. The microbiome is essentially the individual animal and everything that's living on and inside of that animal. So that would include bacteria, fungi, viruses, and the host itself. So it's every organism for like the human biome, it's everything that makes up my body? Exactly. So it's your body and then all of the bacteria and things that are living on and inside uh, inside your gastrointestinal tract and lungs and and any other tissue that might have bacteria in it. So some of these organisms are helpful or positive and good, and some of them are harmful though, right? Uh, well, for the most part, in a healthy person, the organisms will just be either helpful or sort of like a neutral what we call commensalism, which means that they're not doing any harm, but they live in in peace on, in your body. Does each individual have a different microbiome or are most people's microbiomes comprised of similar organisms? So most people would have a unique signature of species in their microbiome, um, but everyone... Um, Everyone has like common threads where you have bacteria that do similar functions. They may be the same species, but there might be different strains. So there's a lot of variability between people, but there are a lot of like common threads where there's a lot of bacteria that are shared between microbiomes. How long has science known about the existence of the microbiome? You know, the study of the microbiome as a field has been um, really something of the last maybe 50 years with a real uptick in, in the last 15 or 20 years due to the ability to do really in-depth sequencing of the DNA of all the different bacteria. And it's not so much the, the ability to do the sequencing, but the, um, the cost has dro dropped dramatically thanks to the Human Genome Project and things like that, which have led to a really dramatic decrease in, in the cost of sequencing all these bacteria and understanding just how complex the microbiome really is. So are our microbiomes determined by our genes? I would say that the microbiome is not really determined by your genes as much as by different factors such as your exposures growing up, your exposure from your mother at birth, if you've taken antibiotics, your diet, there's all sorts of different things that determine your microbiome. And um, your, your own genetics are probably 
the least of the the factors that are involved. Are there diseases that are tied to the microbiome? Yes, actually. So that's um, really the the microbiome field over the last ten to twenty years has tied a lot of diseases to the microbiome, but we've really lacked the ability to sort of nail down any specific bacteria to a specific disease. We just know that there's a lot of associations at this point. There are certain bacteria that have like really tight links to disease, such as Helicobacter pylori, which has been shown to be involved in in gastric cancers and ulcers, for example. But for the for the most part, there's just there's it's more uh, correlation than causation. Is there a way for people to figure out if their microbiome is healthy or not, or if there's something wrong with it? I don't know if there's a way clinically that you could know, but I would say that there's ways to promote healthy microbiomes, including you know having a diverse diet and eating a lot of vegetables that are high in fiber and things like that can promote a healthy microbiome. And taking fermented foods and yogurts and things like that are good for the microbiome as well. This is Upstate's The Informed Patient podcast. I'm your host, Amber Smith. I'm talking with Dr. Joel Wilmore for Upstate's Department of Microbiology and Immunology. Our topic is the microbiome because Dr. Wilmore recently was awarded a $2 million federal grant to study the microbiome. Well, I'd like to ask you to tell us about the research you'll be doing with this federal grant you were awarded. What are you looking into? So in my lab, I study the immune system, and specifically I study the cells that make antibodies. So antibodies are these uh, molecules that are made specifically in response to pathogens, but also in response to our commensal bacteria. And the cells that make them tend to live for really long periods of time in certain situations, like when you get the vaccine to measles, mumps, rubella, for example, those vac- those antibody responses last for a really long period of time. And then where my interest is, is where you have really short-lived antibody responses to things like the salmonella vaccine, which has been shown to only provide protection for about two to five years. And you know, most people might be aware that antibody responses to the, the mRNA vaccines that have come out for SARS-CoV-2 seem to wane over the course of six months to a year as well. So my main interest is trying to understand the difference between certain antibody responses that last really long periods of time and then these antibody responses that last short periods of time, which is how I ended up getting into the microbiome, because the microbiome has been thought to really only create short-lived antibody responses. But my research has sort of suggested otherwise. Interesting. Now, you used a term, you said commensal bacteria, and I was going to ask you, what is the difference between commensal bacteria and host bacteria? And are we talking about bacteria that are part of the biome or do they come and join later? So commensal bacteria is just a term for the the bacteria in your microbiome that are sort of a net, um, there's no net gain for the host. So in the case of a human, you don't really gain anything from having these bacteria in your gut, but they don't do any harm. 
there's also bacteria that are in your gut that are symbionts that we provide them a home to live and we provide them food by eating and then they break down fiber and things like that in our gut so there's so symbionts are are like really critical for human health commensals are just sort of more of a neutral they just tend to live in your in your gut and don't do any harm but don't really provide a whole lot of positives either do these bacteria influence or do they have any role in how long an antibody protects us so that's exactly where my research has been going so when when we looked at uh, responses to these bacteria other commensals or some symbionts we found that certain bacteria induced the the, the antibody producing cells which we call plasma cells to go to places in the body that allow them to live for a long period of time and other bacteria don't induce those so we're really trying to study why some of these bacteria can induce long-lived responses and some only induce short-lived responses. Interesting. Now, if you figure out how to manipulate these antibodies or how long they're going to work, what might that lead to? How, how would that advance science? So it's becoming increasingly important to induce IgA antibodies. So the IgA antibodies that we study are are really specific to the gut or the gastrointestinal tract and and the lungs. So IgA antibodies are unique in that they can be secreted from your your gut lining and your lungs outside of your body. Whereas most antibodies, they stay inside your body. So if you get an infection, like we'll use the example of the flu, most of that starts in your upper respiratory tract. Antibodies that can get out of your body can prevent the infection from happening in the first place. And it gives you that extra layer. So you, so if you can induce these specialized uh, mucosal antibodies, these IgA antibodies, um, and get them to live for a long period of time, then you might be able to have a better layer of protection to these, these types of infections. Infections that would affect the lungs or the gastrointestinal tract. Correct, yes. So uh, gastrointestinal tract as well. So in the case of the salmonella vaccine that I mentioned earlier, um, you, you produce both an IgA response, which is this um, you know, secreted antibody, but you also produce an IgG response, and both of those are short-lived which is really sort of a unique thing. But if you can get a long-lived antibody or IgA response to something in the gastrointestinal tract, then you could provide protection for all sorts of different bacteria like salmonella or certain strains of E. coli that cause you to get ill. So the, the idea would just be inducing long-lived responses to mucosal pathogens, which has been difficult if we can sort of learn how the commensal bacteria induce long lived responses, we can incorporate that into better vaccine development. Interesting. Okay. Well, how did you yourself get involved in science? Uh, well, so I've always 
had an interest in science in a general sense. And um, interestingly, my high school biology teacher, who's now a state senator, John Mannion, uh, really like gave me this passion for biology. And before, before taking biology in high school, I, I was more interested in sort of the physics and, and that side of science. And then, you know, I just took off from there and, and been studying biology since college. And uh, the immune system interested me because it's so complex. And there's a lot of really difficult problems that just, you know, are really interesting. Being in this like problem solving role is really what I, what I wanted to do in, in academic science and doing research is, is perfect for that. Did you have an interest in the microbiome before studying it became part of your job? Not really. I actually sort of just fell into this. I, I was studying just the immune system at just the general level. We were immunizing mice with uh, sort of model antigens, things that don't even infect people, just studying the, the nitty gritty about the immune system. And we sort of stumbled upon these interesting things that involved the microbiome. And during my postdoctoral studies, I, I created this whole project um, just out of uh, observations that we made in the lab studying normal immune responses. And then it's sort of taken over my entire research program now. Dr. Wilmore, thank you so much for making time for this interview. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. My guest has been Dr. Joel Wilmore. He's an assistant professor of microbiology and immunology at Upstate. The Informed Patient is a podcast covering health, science, and medicine brought to you by Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, and produced by Jim Howe. Find our archive of previous episodes at upstate.edu slash informed. This is your host, Amber Smith, thanking you for listening.